Today, Hassan, you've joined us to talk to us about Mauritania. And I think Mauritania is, you know, a remarkable country, you know, it's in terms of, uh, you know, population density is one of the smallest in the world. You know, it's a huge, huge country, but population wise, quite small. And you've kind of never qualified for the Africa Cup of Nations in all of your history. And then now you've qualified for back to back to back AFCONs 2019, 2021, and now 2023. You know, first of all, for you as as a Mauritanian, how how exciting is that that now Mauritania is you know competing at Africa Cup of Nations when before even you know six seven years ago they'd never even been to one. Uh, all right, so uh, the thing I would like that it's something amazing, honestly, because um, uh, you know that football now is the, one of the most important things in the world. Even people who aren't interested in football sometimes find themselves put also to watch some football games. So it's not good when you see your national team out of competitions every time. So we uh, here in Mauritania used to support some um, uh, teams like um, Egypt, like Senegal and other um, teams. But actually it was incredible that when our national team qualified for um, uh, the African Cup of Nations. But now people here in Mauritania don't only uh, yeah, care about qualification now. They want the national team to go further in the competition because it's the third time, so it's okay. So after the first time, it's okay. It's, it became something as a habit. But now they look uh, for something bigger. They wish that the national team is going to make, uh, for example, to at least go to the second round or to be among the uh, last uh, four best teams in uh, the continent. We know it's difficult somehow, but that's what we uh, wish. And before we look at the, at the upcoming AFCON, I want to take a look back at, at the history of the team. Because, and I kind of want to ask, essentially, how, how has the team been able to suddenly start qualifying for, for Cup of Nations? You know, what has changed from, you know, prior to 2019 and 2017 to suddenly now you're qualifying, qualifying, quali what, what has been the big change in, in the team or in the country? All right. So, honestly, we, there's some uh, change that comes with uh, time. This is the reality. Also, it's about investment. In the past, there was no investment anymore. And all the governments that left the country uh, didn't care about football anymore. There, there, uh, actually, there was no investment in football, something like that. But we can say something that uh, since the ex-president uh, of Mauritania, Mohamed Abdelaziz, uh, came, there was a change. And also, we have to say something that the president of the FF now, Ahmed Yaya, came with a big dream. Actually, he made a change. However, we, I can say something that we can uh, get more and more. But um, I don't know what's happening because there are some people in the Federation aren't doing uh, good anymore. Uh, so, it's, not, it's all about money. Well, let's say something. Football now needs money. So when there is investment, when uh, exactly uh, flyers know that they will get big salaries, they will get bonuses when they need something, the 
this can make a change. In the past, football wasn't something important anymore in Mauritania because there were no salaries. Uh, even uh, flyers don't get a plane. Even imagine, imagine they travel by bus or something. Imagine that they even didn't uh, have uh, enough. We can say material. No jerseys. No. Uh, yeah, a lot of bad things. So I think this is uh, the point. So change came from here when they, there was investment in football. We got good results. Yeah, and I, I think that's such a good example of, and I think even President Gianni Infantino singled out Martinia as, as an example of a country who's used, uh, you know, FIFA funds. You know, we saw the, the FIFA forward report just came out. And, you know, one of the great examples is Martinia, who you took the money, went and built a new 10,000-seater stadium. And now that even that stadium has been used for other other nations, right? I think Burkina Faso had to play there uh, for, for a match a couple of years ago. And, you know, it's a really good example that actually the, that slow investment the infrastructure is is building and 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 it's actually making a difference but it hasn't all been good like you said it in in the federation you know you're saying that even as as recently as a few days ago there's still issues around the federation and certain individuals in it can you tell us a bit a bit more about that what what's what's going on yeah yeah actually you, you know the, the federation of uh, mauritania is somehow doing some I think that's not good anymore because there, when there is, when there are some scandals, actually they try to hide that because you know um, we can say that the president is controlled by uh, some members of uh, the executive uh, uh, bureau in the federation. So they try, they always try to hide this kind of things because when we talk about, for example. Uh, uh, the program or the funds that FIFA give Mauritania, it's more than 14 million US dollars. Just imagine, it's a big number in, in just three or four years. Not only that, about the money that is given by the, the Mauritanian uh, government. So, a lot of money. But the question, where uh, did that money uh, go to? This is the question that many people are asking. We, we, we're not going to speak about this infrastructure because honestly, honestly, the stadium is not that big that we talk about. It's not a good stadium, by the way. And uh, the pitch is so bad. Really? <laughs> so bad, honestly. This is the reason why we win. I think Mauritania, no uh, team in the world, there is no team in the world that, in the world that can defeat Mauritania when we play in Russia. Because of all that stadium, this is a reality. These are some realities that we know about. It's Africa, actually, in a way. So uh, football is just like a war. So you have to be intelligent and something like this. So it's a small stadium. It's, you have to know that uh, the capacity is only 8,000. Just imagine. It's not a big stadium. It's always, I, sometimes I find myself surprised when I see FIFA talking about that. Big stadium and something. It's not eight. Imagine now we are in 2013. You know, that eight is only like it should be a stadium for training, not a stadium for a national team of a country that uh, has a lot of money, that a rich country, and a country that is qualifying for the third time for the African Cup of uh, Nations. It's actually, these are some of the scandals that are happening. So, a lot of money is 
uh, stolen money is actually uh, taken to other things, out of football. But if all the money is only uh, used in the field of football, I think that we could even qualify for the World Cup, not only the mm. of uh, nations. Mm. And yeah, I, th- I think it's really important for you, for you to push back on that when FIFA, you know, for me, I don't, I don't know as much about, you know, the stadium. And so when I see FIFA saying this is great, it sounds great. So it's interesting that you're saying that actually it's not been, it's not been used anyway. Well, but let's, let's get away from, away from the Federation and, and focus it on this team, because for me, the, the name that jumps out in this team actually isn't any of the players, but it's the coach. I mean, Abdu, who obviously was, you know, the head coach of, of the Comoros for, for eight years or so took them to their first Africa Cup of Nations last tournament and did brilliantly knocking out Ghana, you know, probably should have knocked out Cameroon if they actually had a goalkeeper and Jimmy Abdu wasn't sent off early on in the game. Uh, I'll let the conspiracy theorists uh, take take that one where they want. But I, I, it's also so unique because Amir Abdu is a head coach of a tiny, tiny nation in Comoros, island off the, in, in East Africa, and then he's, he's suddenly hired to become the head coach of Martini is not a huge team, but it's certainly bigger than Comoros. And I think it's the first time in, in Africa Cup of Nations history where a fellow African has moved from a small country to a bigger one to coach them. You, how did that happen? How did Amir Abdu become the head coach? Because I know he, he got involved with Nodibu in the club side of things first. But tell me that story. What happened? How is Amir Abdu now the head coach? I think it's, it's so interesting. All right. So uh, I, 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 you have mentioned actually part of uh, the uh, the answer when we when you said that he was the coach of uh, Nwadibu. Actually, FC Nwadibu is the um, the biggest team here in uh, Mauritania. It's owned by just uh, a small national team. It's a small national team actually, because uh, most um, local players who play in the national team are from uh, even here we have here something to say that if you want to be in the national team you have to be in uh, FC Nwadibu <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly you have to be in FC Nwadibu it's like um, it's the road it's your road to uh, the national team so when he was in uh, FC Nwadibu when he was the head coach of FC Nwadibu everybody was uh, actually saying that he's going to be the the coach of uh, Mauritania. It's normal because uh, that time Mauritania yeah, faced some problems with uh, the ex uh, coach uh, Martinez. So uh, because he didn't do well. By the way, he did a lot for Mauritania, and we have to be thankful for him for all things that have done for uh, exactly that have been done for the national uh, team. But uh, it was the end. Honestly, we uh, had uh, exactly we reached the last point that we uh, actually could because uh, his last games were weren't good anymore. So mm. the only name that was uh, ready was Amir Abdul, and actually, it's about money and. He gets actually a good salary here in, uh, in Mauritania, so it's, it was for him also a challenge because he, uh, he knew the flyers, you know, the, uh, he was uh, yeah, coaching FC Wadipo and most, as I told you, most flyers, and he knew 
the atmosphere here in Mauritania, everything and culture, a lot of things. It was something normal for him to accept the uh, yeah, coaching the national team of uh, Mauritius. Which, as you said, that when it comes to history, the history of Mauritania in the, uh, is better than uh, Comoros because Comoros is a small country. So, uh, so it was something normal for me so that he accepts uh, coaching uh, Mauritanians. Mm. And and how how was that received? Because obviously Mauritania, you know, recently you've kind of only in the last decade only had French coaches, only had you know European French coaches. So how was it received even by the public that you know they are moving away from having a European there? But not only that, they weren't they were taking you know someone from from the Comoros. What what was the kind of noise around that? How how did people receive him? Honestly, there's no big change because yeah. Uh, we had French coaches, and now we have uh, also his. Uh, uh, he's French. He has, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, born and raised in yeah. France. Yeah, exactly, and speaks French also. So there's no big uh, change. Uh, mm -hmm. People accepted that because it was the same. Just mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he uh, he's French and he speaks French also, even if he's from Comoros, but he has the French nationality and he speaks French, and that's the point because most players here speak only French, though. So he can communicate with them easily, so yeah. And, and, and how how and how do you think he's he's done since then? Because obviously he, I think he did really well at the Chan to get get you know Martinia to the quarterfinals. He qualified you for the Afcon, but it's not been the best year in twenty twenty three. Obviously you you know had lost to DR Congo away uh, both in in World Cup qualifying and Afcon qualifying, and then obviously you had that that strange one where you drew with them at home, but you know, because Karim Diaw was not properly registered that then was awarded to Congo. So how, how do you think that Amir Abdu has done since since taking charge of the national team? All right. So honestly, I don't think that big change uh, has happened uh, so far because it's, uh, it's about the quality of uh, play. We haven't yet reached that uh, quality of play that we play football. It's, in football, winning or losing is not something about progress because sometimes you're lucky, you know, that you can win with a penalty or or yes, it's about small details. But when you talk about the quality of play that uh, exactly that we want, we haven't reached it uh, yet because uh, when you see uh, the national team playing in many games, in many games you think that they are still amateurs because. There is no control anymore. They are, they are not organized well. So this is what people want. Yeah, sometimes when you lose, the audience leave and they are actually uh, satisfied because they know that you play football. Mm. But when you, exactly, when you don't play football and you lose and you, or even win, so people don't see future because people now are looking for the future. It's not about now, but what, what, what about the future? Winning or losing football is not something big anymore. Mm. When you have a project, you have to have a quality of play first. You have to have quality of play. But I think not, no big change has uh, yet happened because I always uh, actually attend the national uh, teams uh, and watch those who are away. But it's still the same. Honestly, it's still the same. Yeah. No, it's two it's or not... three games were good, but the other games were just like this. It's the last matches. Most people were uh, actually annoyed and, um, yeah, 
uh, started criticizing him uh, because of their last matches. He was yeah. covered somehow because uh, you have to attack. Defending all the time is not a solution. It's not going to be a solution to make you win a game. Especially when you play away. Our problem is still away matches. Because in one shot, it's okay. We can say that or we can, yeah, we can guarantee that in one shot, we can even beat uh, Brazil. It's okay. Because <laughs> we know, <laughs> yeah, we know the, our pitch and we know what should we do and players know how to deal with it well. But what about away matches? That's one of our biggest, uh, actually, uh, problems. Challenges. Mm. Exactly. The challenges are about uh, playing away. Hmm. So, you know, we've spoken a little bit about, about the squad, but tell, tell me about the squad, because I think Mauritania will be one of the kind of more unknown nations in terms of the players come, coming into the tournament. Obviously, you have, you know, a number of players who play, you know, abroad in France and a few other players. I mean, the biggest name is probably, you know, uh, Abubakar Kamara, who obviously was at Fulham um, and has been playing in kind of Greece and now in the UAE. Um, but who who kind of are the standout players in in this team? Who are the players that we should be looking at and kind of make up the core of this team, and or you know the players that are going to make things happen in in the Afcon? All right, I think that uh, for me, Omaya uh, Tanji, Omaya Tanji is one of the players that is going to make uh, something great. Also, Masimbu, Masimbu is not uh, bad. He's one of the best in his, uh, exactly. So, uh, Mohsin is also excellent. Of course, there are some other players like uh, Dene. Dene is uh, one of the most important players for the team. Ali Abed also is a very important uh, player. Uh, Hassan Ouibid is also another important uh, player without actually uh, forgetting Kamar, as you said. We, we have good players. To 32 the past or comparing to uh, yeah uh, neighbor countries or something we have good players but the problem how the coach is going to deal with them is the question mm. it's about the way that the coach is going to deal with them however our group is not easy anymore when we talk about Algeria when we talk about Burkina Faso Angola these are big teams Special Algeria, you know, Algeria and what they can do, especially in um, uh, such kind of competitions. So it's going. I think that the number one is exactly for Algeria, but what are we going to do with how? But these players, I think, if they believed in their abilities, if they played with their spirits and something, they can actually make something. Special players mm -hmm. that I have their name in. Uh, Zalai, uh, Muslim Buddha, uh, exactly. Uh, yeah, Hassan Hoibi, Ali Abid, and uh, of course, Kamaya Tanji, because Kamaya is the uh, best attacker here in uh, Mauritania. And the last games, he has scored actually uh, many goals for the mm -hmm. national team. Yeah, he's he's been in good form. Let, let's look at look at the the group because obviously, like you said, you know Algeria, you know they had the bad Afcon last tournament, but they're still one of the biggest teams on the continent. I think they've only lost five games in five years. You know Jamal Bamadi, you know he's you maybe not got quite the energy and the zest that he had a couple of years ago, but he's still one of the best managers on the continent. Um, but obviously, playing against them and playing against Burkina Faso, that you know in in many ways that suits. Mauritania, doesn't it? That kind of 
where you can defend, play on the counter attack, look look to be kind of very physical um, against against particularly Algeria. I think Burkina Faso maybe is slightly different, um, but then it's going to be that key game against Angola, right? You know, Angola who aren't at the peak of their powers. They've obviously got more history than Mauritania, but you know they're long gone. Are you know the 2006 vintage, 2010 vintage? You know this isn't a very strong Angola team. You know what are the expectations coming into the tournament? for Mauritania I know you're saying that people are you know they're saying okay we've gotten the group stage twice we have to get past it but kind of realistically what 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 do you think is kind of how far do you think this team is able to do go in this group you know particularly thinking that first game is is going to be against uh, Burkina Faso mm, there are wishes and there are expectations actually <laughs> well uh, we, uh, we go further in the competition but uh, I think the last thing we can um, reach is the second round. And it's very hard. And it's very hard because, as you said, hey, I don't talk only about teams. I talk about weather. Weather in Ivory Coast. Players mm. uh, exactly uh, aren't adapted to actually play in such kind of uh, weather. This is one of the most important points here in, uh, in Africa. It's all about weather. So. This is the point that I think it's going to be well one of our weakness. You see, so uh, for me, Algeria is going to be um, yeah the the on the top of the, of the group. But if Mauritania uh, won their first game, I think they will qualify. But it's all about the first game. The most important thing is about the first game because when you lose the first game, I think everything is going to be. Or everything is going to go down. Everything is, is going to go yeah. down. Because you will come to other games with actually, yeah, uh, problems, we can say. Because mm. how are you going to uh, beat Algeria and beat Angola and you have lost your first game? Players aren't going to feel good anymore. It's going to be bad. I think we're not going to go further. I wish. But I think the last thing we can reach is the second uh, round. And it's fun, mm. very hard. Honestly, our, our group is very tough. Yeah, it is a very, very tough group. But I do think what you say is so important, right, is the fact that you play Burkina Faso first and not Algeria. Um, yeah. Because obviously, if, if Algeria is the big one, that's the hard one. If, if you can get a draw against Burkina Faso and Angola lose to Algeria, then suddenly all you need to do is beat Angola and you'll probably go through to the next round, even as a third place. So I think that first game is going to kind of make or break make or break the tournament because, you know, whether you and Burkina Faso aren't in, you know, a particularly strong moment either and you know they obviously have brilliant players but i think they're i think there's a there's a chance for mauritania to to get that but that like you said that first game is is so important yeah the, the for example playing against Burkina faso in Nuakchot and outside is not same anymore i i tell you i i've uh that's something that our problem is still playing away you see that now when you actually take a look back at the results, Mauritania, were, yeah, our national team is very bad when we play outside. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, when we play uh, away, it's not good anymore. So this is one of the problems that we are suffering from, and we couldn't have a solution for. Now with uh, the ex-coaches and now with this uh, coach, even we still suffer from the same uh, problem. It's, it's not only the national team; even 
uh, clubs, Mauritanian clubs, because now FC Nualibo, for example, as I told you, the biggest team here in uh, Mauritania, uh, they have played now four games. We lost two games outside. We got four points here in Wachot, but we lost our, our two games in uh, yeah, away. So this is one of our biggest challenges to know how can we win and something else. How can we actually uh, avoid losing in last minutes? We have a big problem with the last minutes. Always we come to the nine minutes uh, zero zero, but after that we get three or uh, four goals in the last minutes. That's one of uh, our biggest challenges. And Burkina Faso, I think, when they play in uh, Ivory Coast, that's not going to be easy. It's not yeah, and, and it will feel like a, an away game because obviously it's so close for Burkina Faso to be there. It's, you know, they're going to have thousands of fans. It's going to feel... Like you said, they're used to the climate. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think it's interesting you bring up Noadibu because I think they're similar to, to Maritania. They're kind of in a group of death in, in the CAF Champions League with, you know, like Sundowns, Mazembe. Uh, who's the third? I think it's oh, Pyramids. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a tough, tough group for them, even in the Champions League. Uh, Hassan, thank you so much. We we finish off our podcast, our recordings, by by asking our experts a, a series of quick fire questions. So I'm, I'm looking for short, sharp answers from you. Uh, on these. So so my, my first question is coming into the tournament, who is Mauritania's most important player? Uh, Omaya Tanji. Okay. Yep. I like it. Quick, short and sharp. Unlike some of the others I've spoken to, they try and give me five answers. <laughs> and who, who is going to be the, the youngster to watch in, in this Mauritania team? Actually, I, I, I think we can watch Maxim Boudia. Maxim Boudia is very young and he can be watched. He's excellent, by the way. Where, what, what position does he play? Uh, field. Uh -huh. Okay, excellent. And then the hard one is how far will Mauritania go at this tournament? What is your prediction? Second round. Second round, okay. And who, if, if Mauritania makes it to the second round, who is going to win the 2023 AFCON? I think Morocco. Morocco, okay. And who will be the top, top scorer in your opinion? Very hard. Huh? It's a hard question. And That's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a hard question, actually. It's very hard to project who's going to do the top stuff. I think um, Mane. Sadio Mane, okay. And then who will be the player of the tournament? Who will be? Mohamed Salah. I Mohamed think Salah. Good. Yeah. It's Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mani, one of them will get one of the awards. It always feels like that. They're both so so talented, so good. Hassan, thank you so much for, for joining the On The Whistle podcast. It's been great hearing about the ups and the downs of, of Mauritania and looking forward to seeing them in that opening game against against Burkina Faso. Inshallah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I wish you a nice day.